Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another great, super cool radio interview. I'm your host, as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have an amazing guest joining me at this time. He's an incredible actor and musician, most notable for portraying Malachi in Children of the Corn. This year, he he appeared in The Wrath of Becky and released and will release a new album entitled Safe Haven on October 2nd. Please welcome Courtney Gaines. I was told I could cuss, so I'm like, fuck yeah! Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, Courtney, it's an honor to have you on the podcast. I really appreciate it, and I've been very excited. I've been looking forward to chatting with you. Right on, right on. One thing I want to add, just you, because you you actually talked about what came out recently, which is cool. So yeah, Wrath of Becky came out really good, if you had a chance to see it. Um, but also I did a um, two-part uh, Grand Theft Auto Los Dos Santos Drug Wars where I played character Lab Rat. He was the, he was the guy who makes all the acid and everything. And that was an absolutely hilarious and fun character to do. So wanted to throw that out too. If people are asking what's up, that's the other thing to go see for sure. Oh, right on. I, yeah, I'm sorry that my notes are not updated for that. But that sounds nah. like, is that recent? Yeah, it is, but unfortunately on IMDb, the Los Santos Drug Wars online thing started in 2013. So so it just attaches it to that as opposed to, you know, and part one came out in November and part two came out in uh, March um, of the uh, of 2023. But yeah, that's just not how the IMDb says it. It, it is. I, I got you. Well, I'm, I'm glad you threw that in. Uh, you know, I can't believe how long like Grand Theft Auto has been going uh, on. Yeah, oh. yeah. It was and I, when I, it's a uh, you know, rock star, and uh, I'd gotten a gig in uh, uh, New York. And when we were doing it, they wouldn't tell us what sh- we were working on. It was like I didn't didn't even know it was Grand Theft Auto. But some people said I think it's Grand Theft Auto. And then when it was, then it was. I was just like, wow, I just worked on Grand Theft Auto. That's really awesome. But I had a really fun time doing it, and uh, uh, those guys there are great. But I really love the way it came out. Like I said, you can go on – if you even go on, like, YouTube, you can look up clips, you know, and, and see stuff. And it's just the, the character is sort of uh, probably my closest homage to Dennis Hopper. I'll just say that. Ooh, I, that sounds amazing. I'm, I'm definitely going to check the check out the clips on YouTube. So for, like, doing, like, you know, like, that kind of work. So, like, you didn't know what you were working on until, like, afterwards? Like, how did that yeah, work? Yeah, they were keeping it super hush-hush because, yeah, I didn't know for sure until it came out. Wow, that that's cool. So, I'm curious. Um, going, I'm going to be going a little out of order because I'm I'm curious about this. So, like, no for, for like voice acting, do you like prepare differently compared to like live action, like acting? Um, yeah, but this is the tip. The, even though they say this is just a voiceover, it's really not because you're in the whole body suit with the with the the, the thingies and everything, right? And then you have the headgear on that's like a kind of little camera mounted right in front of your face. And I were I did a I did L.A. Noir back in the day too, and that was rock. That was partially a rock star project, and that was when they just first started having that technology where they could actually see you move in your facial recognition. It was much more complicated. They've come a long way since then, 
Um, so, but that's two. Yeah. So technically two projects I've done for Rockstar and LA Noir is a very cool game. I'm not, I'm not a big gamer, but that's a cool game. I mean, LA 1950s, you know, pretty cool stuff. Oh no, it definitely is like LA Noir. Awesome. Awesome game. I like the, the whole vibe and aesthetic of that. Like it, yeah. it's amazing. It, it turned out but, really amazing. But that one you had to do the, the movement in the suit. And then you had to go back like months later and do the facial recognition sitting in a chair like this where you couldn't move with a bunch of little cameras all around you. And you have to do one line at a time. It was very painful. Now you can just act out the whole scene. They got the camera on your face. It's weird having that thing right there, you know, but but at least you could do all your moves. So the whole scene's blocked out and moves. You're really acting, you know, and, and, and they're getting your facial recognition and they're getting all your body movement. But the interesting thing is I had no idea even what my character looked like. You know, that's the interesting thing. Um, and the guy that played the lead, he looks nothing like the guy that they, the, the look they ended up using. Mine, you know, some, you know, similar-ish. Um, but, uh, and I had a beard about this long. I had to shave because they can't have a beard because they need all the, the, the mouth movement is like the most important thing to be able to read the mouth. Um, so, but I grew it back. Here we are. <laughs> all right well i mean dedication to the role yeah yeah you, you know you have to you have to show oh, you, 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 you know exactly so is it like more challenging to do that kind of stuff compared to just like filming on it like a like a for a movie or is it just diff uh, just a different experience just a little bit different you know um but what the thing i like about it how, how to explain this so everybody you know from whatever the leads are in it to the people that are that are like there's extra characters because you have to have more than one player and all this stuff right we're all in these same you know silly looking outfits all together you know what i mean it sort of makes us all like we're in the same uniform and there's no hierarchy or anything and we're all in it together and the director is just he was throwing stuff at us left and right which made it really fun but it was also challenging and everybody would just dive in and play and i think that's what made it really fun was we were all just you just you had it was like sink or swim you know do this crazy thing go <laughs> you know and you gotta go well, let me think about this you just had to go and and that made it really fun that made it really fun and unpredictable and uh but 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 the guy knew what he was doing and he would get great results in the end. And that's, that's the most important thing. And, you know, every director has a different process. It's some, it's, it's not that fun. You know, some it's just like walking your serial lines, uh, you know, after maybe a little something. Then some really play and try to work it out and really try to find the truth of the scene. And that's how this guy was. So to me, I prefer that because you're, you're, you're evolving to something. I also, you know, I, I used to teach acting and I, and I directed theater and that's the same way I would go about it. You're trying to find the truth. And as an actor, that's what I'm always trying to get to, whether the director or the way they're shooting it's helping me. Um, that's what I'm trying to get to. Like television does not afford you that, you know, like they're shooting too fast. You know, they, they come in, you immediately block the scene. If you basically do not flub your lines, you're moving on pretty much. So you got to know what you're doing and you got to nail it the first time, but it doesn't allow for much exploration. You know, but when you're shooting an hour show, 45 minutes worth of material in a week, that's just, you know, you, you're, you're having to move, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's very expedited with everything. You have to just get in and get out, you know, do what you have to do and then leave. So like, the, advantage, um, the advantages they have, though, is that the sets are already built. The lights are usually already lit. So and they know what the show they're doing so they can. move. But still, it's for a guest like, you know, I'm, me usually doing a guest star on a show. I've never had a series regular 
they're not they're not looking for you know you know was that good for you do you need to do another one yeah they don't care <laughs> you know so you better be ready take one Oh no, definitely for sure. So, like, um, with like that improving, like, uh, is that like the style you kind of like doing more? Like, that you'll be able to just improv stuff on the line, you know, on on the flyers. Or like, what is what is like your comfort range with that? Well, as an actor, I gotta be comfortable doing comfortable doing it all, right? And some some like I said, some people are way more sticklers for dialogue, and others let you improv more. It's it, it, it's not just having it's not just improv. It's is they're giving you direction to, to the improv you're doing. An example though of a movie that I did a lot a lot of improv and I had a lot of fun with is a a movie that came out in 2009 called uh, Benny Bliss and the Disciples of Greatness. Now I also produced that movie and created that character, and the director was very comfortable with the improv. Uh, Martin Geeky, he'd done a lot before. Worked worked with Saturday Night Live some this and that. So, and the first movie he ever did, he did the same way. So it was about 70% improv and, um, and it was a lot of fun, but, but we know we get the context of the scene clear, you know, and then just go for it. And, and that was, that was a lot of fun and you just never knew it was going to come out, you know, come out of anybody's mouth and that made it interesting, you know? So it, 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 the more comfortable I am with the character and understanding the character, the, the easier it is for me to improv because you have to do it without thinking too much right you got to be on your feet as it were uh, so it just depends but that movie's a rock and roll rock and roll movie with an anti-technology message that i actually the end of the movie is an actual basically like a 30 minute concert that we performed live and we shot it twice and it's all we did we shot it twice and we had never rehearsed the entire set all the way through and there was also all these other people I had to introduce as we went that we had never rehearsed and uh and we had like a hundred extras and after the first time they they were coming up to us going like wow how long has this band been playing together and i was like uh this is our first show and they're like this is the most fun we've ever had on a set in our life and i was like that's great but the guys that were in the band were all pros we're all like and, and some of them have gone on to be uh do really really well Corey britz who played bass on us now is a big time bass player and uh and uh it was a blast but it was talk about improv that was the most i'd say without a net as an actor on film i've ever been in my life was doing that concert that was crazy fun oh yeah it definitely sounds like that's probably yeah definitely the biggest without a net uh scenario was so like how how did you feel going into that terrified terrified um but that's i i you know people don't like you know people are always like oh i'm excited i'm you know, I get terrified all the time. Like I get like auditions can be terrifying. If you don't feel you're quite prepared, you don't have enough time. Uh, the, you know, I read a thing finally, I read a thing that totally put my, like, I was like, okay, I'm not insane. They said that actors auditioning is the equivalent of fear of test pilots testing a plane. And I was like, like a psychological study. And I was like, okay, I'm not insane. Right. Like, cause I've been feeling this stuff the whole time. It's never gone away. Well, that shooting that segment was like that. It was like that maybe times ten. And it, we we've been shooting that we were. It was the uh, the last days of shooting the movie. Everything had been leading up to this. If I did not deliver the goods on this moment, you know, the movie was for naught. You know what I mean? And uh, I was terrified, but it was like sink or swim. You know, and that's that's also you know it's also very exciting. And then when you get through it, you you you. Uh, you know, you, 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 the satisfaction you feel afterward is incredible. And 
that's kind of what's been going on with me musically now. So I have a band called the Courtney Gaines Group that you can check. You, know, you can find us on Facebook to see the gigs we're doing. So I went from playing like in L.A. playing more like showcase gigs, maybe 45 minutes of original material. And like that's cool. and That's fun. And that's good. But out here where I'm in the southeast now, it's a it's a uh, you you're you're the bar band for the night. Right. So like you have to bring your own, including your own PA and you and you have to play three 45 minute sets. So you're up there for three hours, essentially. And you obviously have to play a lot of covers, which I was never really into. And the covers I do, I try to interpret them in my own way. But that was a big leap from a 145 minute set of my original material to three 45 minute sets, 70 percent covers and doing it for about eight months now and it's been it's been really good but the first night i was terrified i was absolutely terrified but it was when i got through it i was a better musician and every time we show up at a new place we have to gig or we don't know the room we don't know the people and we have to suit up and show up you gotta you know you gotta man up and make it happen right and and the whole purpose of this was leading up to this record release which is coming out october 2nd and then next year we plan to hit the road some and start you know touring the record it was all about getting my act together so that by the time that time comes, my chops, because I switched in this band, I, I uh, it's a three piece band. I play bass and sing. My last band I had for years, I played guitar and sang, uh, but I wanted a better lead guitar player this time. So I switched it up. So that was all part of it too, taking on a new instrument and all this stuff. But it's been, it's been great. If you're not, if you're not terrible, I feel if you're as an artist, if you're not really scared, you're not really stepping on the court and stretching yourself. That's how I feel. And I, I definitely agree with that um, because you kind of, you have to push yourself like right. you know, uh, out of your comfort level of doing stuff because then that's how you grow. That's either, right. hey, I, I tried it and maybe I failed this time. Maybe I did great this time. It really just depends. But if you're not like pushing yourself, then you're not going to go anywhere. You know, on the court of life is where the action is, right? Anybody, you know, I've, you know, I used to have season tickets to the Clippers, you know, and I always say like any, you know, any joker can pay his money to sit in the seats and yell at players and say, you suck. But those players are the best 1% players in the freaking world. Okay. Even the worst guy in the NBA is still one of the best 1% players in the freaking world. And I think people lose perspective of that, you know, and uh, I caught the Beavis and butthead mentality. Anybody can sit there and go, that sucks. You know, I'm always like, okay, it sucks. This movie sucks. Let's see you make a better one. This song sucks. Let's see you make a better one. This music video sucks. Let's see you make a better one. And if you can, great. Then you then you really have the right to say it sucks. But if not, then I think you'll find out the process is a lot tougher than you think. <laughs> you know? Oh no, it 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 definitely is. And you know, some people do step up. Some people, you know, they do make it happen. But a lot of people, they just talk and don't actually do anything. Well, they, they just don't realize how hard it is, right? They don't. I mean, acting. If if you're doing acting well, or even music, if you're doing it well, you, you're making it look easy. But that doesn't mean it is easy. And uh, you know, a lot of times people, like, for the first time, they get on stage and then all of a sudden they freeze and they're like, "Oh my god, like this is like hard. Like I don't know what I'm doing." Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's why people go to class and study for years, you know, to get the, to learn this thing called a craft, you know. Oh no! Exactly, exactly. And I know you you did touch on uh, your new album, Safe Haven. I do want to talk about that because yeah. I had the opportunity to listen to it early. Oh, good. I really enjoyed it. Thank um, you. Man. Because 
it's um you know it's, it's some great rock and roll a little bit more you know on the mellow side for some songs yes uh, my favorite is good times i love that guitar solo yeah that's that's the, by far the edgiest tune of the bunch um well thank you that that that's the only that's the only uh song on the record where that's actually me playing lead the other ones are all guy wallace uh he's a really good guitar player but yeah that one i've been playing that song for years and years that's so so so, so three of those songs uh, I had been around a long time and they were actually all in the Benny Bliss movie and we were supposed to do a record and then it never happened. And so I've always wanted to put those songs down. And then I wrote three newer songs. It was probably more the mellow ones. Uh, uh, Look Out and uh, Bills in Space and uh, and uh, Safe Haven. Yeah, a little more, a little, little mellower. The, the, the Healer, Good Times and uh, what's, the, what's the blanket on the floor? I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, it'll come to me in a second. But they definitely are a little from the past and a little more, a little more hard rocking, you know. Well, uh, they they definitely. I I really enjoyed um kind of the the layout of the tracks as well because they they really just kind of flowed into each other. I really nice. like the dynamic of that. And um, you know, usually sometimes I like, listen to a few songs, take a break, come back. But with, like when I was listening to your music, like I wanted to start and finish like in the same like uh listening like you know sit oh, down and great. listen that's great uh so yeah no i and i definitely really enjoyed uh enjoyed it i think um you had a really good sound like throughout the whole album with it thank you so i'm curious for you so like how was it like uh writing like uh, well you said these songs were from like years ago but like how was like the recording process for it yeah so before i forget so the last song i couldn't remember right now was big brother and that really that song is what kind of spawned the benny bliss movie because the whole concept of big brother is that you know back in the when they wrote the play and you know orwell in 1984 was about like people who spying through us through our tvs and stuff which i think they are i think they're you know to some degree I mean, obviously like when you go on youtube you just talk about something and there it is it's hard not to think they're not listening but but beyond that we've become big brother we're the ones filming everything now right like here we are here here we are there taking pictures everywhere we go we, they didn't they orwell never imagined how big brother was going to exist was they were going to give us the cameras <laughs> and then we were going to record ourselves right <laughs> to keep track on everything so that's what that song is who knew big brother would turn out to be you and that spawn that was the really the linchpin to the the anti-technology message of, of of that song for benny bliss that's what really kicked it off um so 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 yeah three of the, like i said three of the songs are from the past and then three the three songs that were written recently um the recording process how, how this whole thing really happened was during the pandemic like everybody else it made you take a look right and go life is short like what am i doing and what do i want to be doing right and 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 I was like, I really want to, you know, make some music before it's over. I want to get some of these. I've been talking about these songs, recording these songs for a long time. I really want to get the stuff out. And so from that process, then I, you know, again, we're all home, right? So I had time to go down some rabbit holes and see how far the technology had come and realize that I could actually buy some equipment relatively cheap now, you know, that you can easily plug into your computer and what pro tools that used to cost back in the day like 20 grand you it comes with the little stuff you buy it comes you know like it's like things have come so far just like the movie industry's come so far in that regard right you can shoot a movie on your phone now if you need to uh, 
So then that opened the door because that was always the conversation was how much studio time was. And then going like, okay, I'm going to spend all this money, but how am I going to earn the money? I don't have a record deal. I don't like, how am I going to get this done? So now that opened the door to be able to start recording. And so first thing I did is I recorded a bunch of acoustic songs and put out a thing called Acoustic Gains Volume 1. And that you can find that on Spotify and, you, and iTunes and all that, a bunch of singles. And I also went down that whole rabbit hole of like, what's this whole Spotify thing? And now I think it's just crap because it's good for exposure, but it's not good for like, you're not, you could, you know, a thousand views, you're going to make 50 cents. You know what I mean? So it's like, not even that. So like it really benefits Spotify. You're giving them free content essentially, but they don't seem to be benefiting the artist in my opinion at all. So, uh, so this time I was looking for a label and, uh, and I'll get back to the recording in a second. So I was able to get a, 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 a local a record label called Fake Fang Records to pick it, pick it up. And so that's who's putting it out. And that's where you got to go to get it. FakeFangRecords.com. And you'll be able to listen to the record three times uh, for free. And then if you like it, you can, you know, you can, you can buy the digital or you can, there's also going to be a limited run of CDs and then an even more limited run of signed ones. So that's going to be the tier of opportunities. But, you know, that way we're getting the money direct. You know what I mean? And I think that's the way to do it at this point. Um, but so so I tracked most of uh, the I've tracked all the bass and all the guitars and the vocals here in my in my little studio over here. Right? And then had to go had to go do something for the drums, though, because that's the hardest part. Drums are so complicated. to my, So we went to a studio and did that all in one day, which was really a lot, really tough. But that was, again, trying to stay on budget. Um, and then brought and then brought in uh, a guy that the guy Wallace who became part of our band, and then he did the mix, and he brought his guitars and keyboard skills in and, and helped take it to the next level. Um, and it ended up being a lot much longer process than I had hoped for, uh, uh, but finally it's getting out. And that, but that's the thing: you take a project on, and it takes a life of its own, and it takes as long as it takes. You just got to keep grinding till you get it done. And by that time, you're like, I don't even know what I have anymore. It's, just, it's, like, it's like when you entered a movie at the end, you're just like, I don't know if there's any good. I don't know anything. You know, you, you become so desensitized because you've been doing it for so long. So each time somebody like you gets to hear it for the first time and actually enjoys it, that makes me feel good. Because at this point, I have no perspective on it. I'll be honest. Yeah, you do kind of like when you work on something for so long, you do kind of lose perspective on it because you, you've heard it all so much before. It's like, I can't tell anymore. But no, definitely for someone who's you know listened to it for a few times and it's new to me, I very much enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm curious. So did you do all the recording like for the drums and stuff or did you have someone else do that? No, that's where we went to a studio. That's okay. where we did it. We did the studio. Like I said, we knocked it all out in one day because, yeah, the drum drums is a tough, tough animal. So many mics. You need a good room, so I didn't. I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't fill up to doing that here. So that was the only big expense, really. Was 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 the the drummer. And so, did you um did you have a session drummer or did you play? So no, I do not play drums. Okay. Uh, no. So uh, uh, as I was as I was putting this record together, I was also looking to form this band, and I got I was putting it out, and I got referred to this guy who had just shown up from Connecticut, who just moved to where I live now in Savannah. And uh, his name's Christopher Angeletti, and he, you know he's been a professional drummer now for like thirty years. He's quite good, so that's who we brought him to do the session work. And uh, he's my drummer in my band as well. And he really, you know, you know, 
a good drummer, I mean, obviously it's only a three piece band. Every, every instrument's pivotal, but a good drummer could take you a long way, you know, just he, he can hold it down and he, you know, you know, good drummers in three bands, basically, unless unless the band hits big, and that's exactly he's got some. He flies back to Connecticut, he plays in a Pink Pink Floyd tribute band, he plays this other band. He does. Uh, there's a dueling pianos gig here in Savannah that's like pays him really well that he does fills in for, and that means you have to know like you know 300 tunes basically, and uh, he can handle all that. He's on that level, and he really, uh, he really, you know, really gives this this band, you know. Some, a solid rock you know behind us you know oh yeah definitely having the head in that rhythm to it and you know being able to keep time obviously you know you know and he, drummers, and he can keep time and he can do fills and all that at the same you know and keep it together and he and, he's, and you can yeah you know, like i said there's really almost nothing you can't throw at this guy he likes to play in like prog bands and stuff to make it interesting for himself you know so this is like it's, it's good he enjoys it because there's there's enough originals we're playing you know, it's, it's not just doing all covers and that he got to, you know, play on the record and stuff that there's actually a band that we're going to go out and hit the road a little bit. All those things, I think, keep him intrigued. But, you know, the reality is this stuff is not uh, too complicated for him. <laughs> you know, he can, he can yeah. more than handle it, you know? Oh, no, exactly. For sure. For sure. So I'm curious and I, I've heard, you know, I've, I've read some of the press release. Um, so you guys are, and as you said, you guys are planning to tour uh next year for this record um are you at liberty right now to kind of give any details or like what the truthfully, idea is truthfully don't know yet like we're, we're we're in the whole process of starting to do the booking thing and uh it's just that's our intention and we're going to do it uh and the, the the guy from the jim reed from the label is going to help us help us out as well but you know it's navigating figuring out acting stuff like finding an agent or things like that it seems it seemed far easier to me than finding like booking agents and things in music. Music seems like a very tough nut to crack. Like you gotta know somebody that knows somebody to get to the person. Not that that doesn't happen some in acting, but I always had much more support as an actor than I've had as a musician. And I'm starting to gain that now with this, with Jim uh, uh, picking us up the label and his experience and a guy and a guy like a drummer, like, like Christopher who's been around a long time. These things are helping me put it together. My girlfriend's also been an enormous help She's a, she's a manager, an acting manager. And uh, so she knows how to get, you know, she knows the process of getting bookings. So she's really helped me take on finding bookings for gigs locally. We, we'll basically play, you know, two, anywhere from two hours out from Savannah, we'll gig. If, you know, if they'll pay us, we'll gig. Um, so she, but you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but she loves that kind of tenaciousness of, of, find, of getting a gig. You know, she, she's the right person for that job. So she's helped out. So those, those, that support has helped me out tremendously. Um, but one of the things I can tell you, and I can't tell you the dates yet or anything, though, and it's on the, it's also on the thing is, so Children of the Corn 40th anniversary is coming up. And I did a, I did a drive-in last year up in the Catskills, and this guy that put that together has one of the few 35 millimeter prints left of Children of the Corn. And he knows a bunch of other art houses and he's like, I, I'll help you set this up where you, you know, we'll show the movie, do a QA, and you can have the band play and then do a VIP thing. I'm like, that would be fantastic. So I've been waiting to get the finally lock the release date now. Now that that's done, we can start putting these dates together. But at least four or five of those are going to happen. And I think that's going to be crazy fun. That sounds like an amazing experience. Uh, yeah. And, and I hope to book some gigs, music gigs with some of the convention acting conventions I'll be doing this next year too. I'm going to be pushing for that. 
just because I would like to play for my fan base, right? It's like playing a, you know, playing a, a gig where you're brought into, you know, and it's a restaurant and a bar or whatever. They, they may not, they may not be there to see you They're You're just, you're just there to be the entertainment. But when I can do gigs where people are there to just see me, then that's an interesting expectation, right? Because they're like, they know I'm an actor, but like, can I really play music? You know, the bars, they're looking at like, they're there to see either it's going to be a train wreck or it's going to be a good time, right? That's where they're at. And I love that. I love that moment. If the first time you start playing a song and you open your mouth and they hear you sing and you see the look in their face and they go, okay, this is going to be cool. Let's have fun, you know, is, is cool. So I want to be playing more for the, you know, for my fan base out there. Um, but like I said, I've been cutting my teeth and getting the band tight and that's all important and that's all good so that when we show up, we're ready. But I definitely want to connect more uh, this next year, pushing this CD, but also connecting with people who actually want to come see what I can do, you know? Oh, no, for sure. And I, I did want, I did want to ask because you, 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 got, you touched on a little bit. Has there any, been any people that you met like before your gig and they were kind of like, you know, were like doubtful of you? Like, oh, I didn't well, know. You can see the look right. on their face, man. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. We did a gig in Augusta that was really pushed as a gig. You know, uh, you know, the guy really pushed it for for me being there. You know, Courtney Gaines was showing up, and so that gig, everybody was there to to see me. It wasn't just they 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 knew I was going to be there. They promoted it well, and you could see you could you could see the look on their face, and it was all like kind of like. You know, and it's like it's like okay, can he play or can't he play? You know, I'll, if if he can't play, at least I'll get some of my swag signed, and that'll be cool. You know, but but they were there. I'm telling you, they were there to see the train wreck or to see you know a good time, and we ended up having a great time. Um, so I know the difference between playing for, like I said, my fan base and not, and so I really do want to have more of a chance to do that because they're just they're just going to be more invested. You know, so oh, no, de yeah, definitely. You know, for sure, especially the, the fan base, and if they're already there, you know, they're they're definitely going to be invested in you know, you know, not just you as an actor, but you as a musician as well. I like to see it live. I'm, I'm so hopefully I do get where, that opportunity. Where, where are you out of? Uh, South Bend, Indiana. South Bend, Indiana. Okay, well, hopefully make it out that far. Right. So I have one thing coming up like that that I do know of, um, and I'm going to click on it right now to make sure I get it right. So it's called the. Um, it's it's a it's a haunted attraction called the haunted pyramids in north carolina and we're playing the band is playing the 15th and the 16th of october wow and uh and that's going to be for nothing but like horror fans right i mean the rest of the bands are going to be all metal basically so so i'm looking forward to that because that's going to be out in the woods that's going to be nothing but horror fans and you know halloween you know weekends and and I know we're going to be the least you know quote unquote hard band, so we'll we'll play them some Sabbath and some stuff like that. Maybe that's about as hard as we're going to get. But um, I'm looking forward to that because that's going to be I fear it's going to be a pretty good turnout. Number one, I think you know easily 300 people or something at least. I would think maybe more. But also, like I said, my you know my fan base and they're again going to be going like. What's this dude gonna do? <laughs> like, like you know, we're here to see a bunch of metal bands. What's this dude gonna do? And you know, uh, I intend to you know set the bar. I think one night we're opening, and one night we're the second band. And my intention is to bring the heat, and then you know somebody's got to follow that. So, you know, let's go. That's where I'm at with that. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm actually excited about that gig. And two days in a row too, which is cool. Band playing back to back is nice. You know, get get you in a groove. You know. 
Oh yeah, no, definitely for sure. And that that event sounds actually awesome and so cool. Uh, I do hope you have a great time because that that's just so cool. Uh, a festival or a show at a haunted house that yeah. sounds amazing. Doesn't that sound like fun? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. De- <laughs> if I was closer on the on that East Coast, man, I would be there because that sounds cool. Um, right on. I I did have a question for you. So, like, do you have a favorite song, a favorite original song to perform mm. live? Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a, I've been getting asked similar similar questions about that and the and the record as well. Like, what's your favorite song on the record? <sighs> favorite song to play, original song. Mm. That's tough. Uh, uh, on the record, I keep saying "Good Times," and the reason is that I've had that song since my first band. So that song is going all the way back to the '80s, and it's always been a song that got people on their feet. Like when I originally started playing, it was in acoustic bands. And even then people would get up and dance to it. It was often our closer. So that's why I wanted to close with it on this record. And uh, like you said, it's the most like, you know, rocker. So um, I'd have to say that's probably one of the, my most fun songs to perform because I always know it's going to get people on their feet and going. So I can't wait to play that. That's definitely going to be one of the songs we play in that North Carolina gig. That'll pro- probably be our closer. And uh, uh, I want to see if we can get those heads a banging, you know. <laughs> right, mate, that should be the goal, man. Get you know, get people moving, get people head banging, man. I mean, that song does it. I mean, if you can get people to dance to that song acoustically, I mean, if you can do that, I mean, I was I was taught that like if a song sounded, you know, if you wrote a song on piano or acoustic guitar and it sounded good, bare bones, you've got a good song, you know. So then you take it from that, and then now you rock it out, you know. It should get them going. So. Yeah, well, I think that's what we're going to end with uh, for sure. Oh, no, right on. That sounds awesome. So uh, to follow that question, uh, favorite cover song to perform live? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say the song we open with in the act right now, which is uh, Desperado, but play it a little m- much more up-tempo. It's not such a, a ballad Uh uh, I, I think it's a, just a really good song, but again, I had to, uh, for me, I got to kind of incorporate it into my own, my own way of doing stuff. And so picked up the tempo and, uh, it's a good opener. It's a good opener. I enjoy playing it. And it usually gets, it usually establishes pretty quickly to the crowd that like, okay, these guys don't suck. It's going to be a good night. <laughs> yeah. And an interesting interpretation. Okay. Whatever we're going to hear tonight, it's not going to be on the, on the nose covers for the most part, which is, which is pretty true. Because I don't want to try to sound like anybody else anyway, nor am I that kind of musician. I play, I play by my own sense of uh, the emotional connection to the material. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of another song I like to play a lot. Um, um, Into the Mystic. Uh, 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 I can't think of his name right now. <laughs> when I'm under pressure, I drop names all the time. It'll come to me in a minute. Uh, it's a that's a great tune, so I really enjoy playing that. Oh no, for sure. And being you know a musician, you should you know you have that creative kind of you know you can interpret the songs however you know you have your own connection to it, and you can have it's, your own it's, interpretation. It's interesting, you know, when I first present it to the the other band members at first, they're sometimes they're a little skeptical, you know, because they're like, "What are we doing here?" Because they they've been playing these songs as covers for like years and years and like I kind of put these spins on them. But then when we get up and play, they usually come off and then they're like, ah, okay. All right. All right. And and I think also they're often, they, they've been surprised that my, uh, my originals go over well 
which hasn't really surprised me because I've been playing originals most most of my career, as it were, musically. I've been playing originals because that's what I really like to do. So I have confidence. I have already had confidence that they would come over because I've had I've seen the reactions before. But uh, that for them, it's been fun that they get to play originals that people are responding to because um, you know most of these guys have been they've been having to do covers for most of their careers. So. Uh, so yeah, it's fun, it, you know. But it's always great when people react well uh, to, to to the original material. But like I said, I feel I, I, I honestly I feel more comfortable playing my original material than I do the covers, and I think that comes across. Oh no, for sure, because obviously you've you've written and recorded the songs. Plus, you know, you created the song. So and plus, you've been playing it for many years. For a long, most of them have yeah. been playing for a long time too, for years. So uh, that's that's why they're just kind of already in my soul, you know. Oh no, definitely for sure. And, you know, it would you know come across you know, playing for you know many years of the you know these songs compared to learning some covers to play you know a three hour gig as you were talking about earlier. Yeah, we're some but some of these guys they've been playing those same songs for years and they can play them in their sleep. So when I do a little, if I make a change to them, it like throws them off. You know, they're like I've been playing it this way. I've been playing this, I've been playing in a Pink Floyd tribute band. We ended here, and I'm like, yeah, no, we're gonna do that one more time through just to stretch the song out. That we play "Wish You Were Here," which is a song I like a lot. That's the other thing I've tried to pick. I've tried to pick covers that I'm not thinking in terms of like, will this please the crowd? I'm thinking in terms of like, can I connect to this song? If I can't connect it, I don't want to do it, you know? Um, so I try to, but wish, wish you were here's a song I always really, really liked and, and uh, really connect to, but it's funny. The drummer will get thrown off because like I'll, I'll play the, the second uh, verse again, just to stretch the song out. And he's always like, Oh, that's right. We're doing it again. Because <laughs> this guy can play that song in his sleep. You know, he's played it so many times. Oh, no, for sure. It, you know, it's hard to break that kind of, you know, uh, muscle memory with it. If you know, make exactly. the change, especially for 30 years, you know, it's, it's a hard. Well, yeah, uh, if, you're, if you're playing in a Pink Floyd tribute band, your job is to play those songs exactly as written. Very strict, and there, and yeah. there's a skill and a craft of that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it. It's just, you know, I'm going to do it. Like I said, I'm going to do it. The way. It's my band. I can do what I want. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, I did want to ask this. Uh, one question, and then we close out this interview soon. Sure. But Tony, I've had such a great time chatting with you. I it, it's been incredible, and I really appreciate it. You've done a good you've done a good job with your questions, my friend. Good job. Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, so I'm curious for you. I've you know looking through your you know filmography and everything. You've had I think over 130 credits, you know, for film and TV. Um, have there been any roles that you've taken that like? There was either a challenge either like filming it or getting into the character. Has there been any of the roles that have been like very challenging for you? Well, sure. I mean, well, the first off, I think one of the things that's cool about making movies is they're never the, the same twice, right? And I've, and I've never been on like on a series where I'm playing that same character for five years. I would take the money, but I imagine I'd also get bored after a while, right? I just think, unless the writers really just kept stretching the character out. Um. So, so, so every time I'm on a TV set, I'm there for a week or every time I'm on a movie, we're there for, you know, we're showing up in a new town. I love shooting on location, showing up in a new town, a whole group of people that don't know each other. It's like the circus comes to town and you make this thing and then you, and then it's over. You go your separate ways. Um, every project presents different challenges. It's like, they're never, it's never like, oh, you know, yes, I have experience. I have years and years of experience, but each project offers different challenges. Um, Things that come to mind that would be difficult is um, the first uh, video game I did was a thing called Wing Commander 3. 
which was the first video game that actually had human beings in it because it had enough, it had enough, they had enough RAM at that point to pull that off. But the entire thing was shot on green screen. The entire, like there was almost no sets, almost no props. And, um, and there was these things called the Karathi that were supposed to be like these giant lion looking things that were like eight foot tall. And I, all the actors were freaking out because it's like, there was like, there was nothing to hold on to. You know what I mean? And it had all these alternative endings. So like the script was like this thick as opposed to this thick. And you go, okay, we're going to do this alternative. It was very confusing, but at least I had a technique. I had a method technique, um, uh, Uta Hagen technique that it allowed for visualization building and things. I wasn't great at it, but at least I was working with something, right? And I've never had to use that technique more than in that particular project. So I struggled with it, but at least I had one. There were other actors who were just like, I don't know what's going on, you know? And so that one was very challenging. Um, TV-wise, the one that comes to mind is I did a diagnosis murder where I played a character who was paralyzed on his left side, but was pretending to have cerebral palsy with his right side. And cause he'd gotten paralyzed by this pro this basketball player in a, in a game in high school. And then he became like the ball boy guy on the team so he could poison him and kill him. And, and then at the end, you know, of course, you know, they figure it out and then you I come out of the whole faking I have cerebral palsy thing. And, you know, yeah, he tried to assassinate me, blah, blah, blah. But I had, you know, 24 hours or maybe less than that to create the character for the audition. And then I had less than a week to do the character to do the TV show. Uh, you know, in my world, that separates the man from, men from the boys right there. You know, so the fact that I was able to book that job and the fact that I was able to pull that off, you know, I definitely take some pride in that because that was uh, that was no cakewalk, let me tell you. Yeah, that, that definitely sounds like, and to, to do all that in such a short time and to pull it off, that that's incredible yeah tv's tough that way either you got it or you don't got it there's not you're not you know it's not like you know when you're you know the bigger star you become the more the easier in some ways it becomes because you shoot less pages a day you have more time to prepare those guys usually have uh you know often three months or more to prepare and you know i i say if you give me three months i'll do it for you in chinese you know like let's go like that's like I, I'm, I very rarely afforded that kind of luxury at the most a month, maybe, you know, but even that rarely, rarely at this point. Um, so that's often part of the challenge is that I, I, I don't have that much time to prepare. So I have to, you know, I have to be able to make it happen and go with my big guns and pull it off. But yeah, cerebral palsy, like that's, that's no, that's no cakewalk, man. <laughs> no, no. And that no. was pre, and that was pre-internet where I couldn't just go Google, you know, go on YouTube and see somebody with cerebral palsy. I had to go, I had to go like, you know, do research and things and, you know, it was, it was, it was definitely tough, but I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that performance. I think it's one of my better TV performances. Uh, I'm trying to think anything else that comes to mind. Nothing else is popping up right now, but, uh, but like I said, every project presents its challenges and you're always just trying to find that true North to what that character is really about and, and, and try to make, that character that maybe is written sometimes particularly in television with a quick turnover one dimensional or best two dimensional trying to make it three and four dimensional you know make them a real person oh no exactly you have to make that character come to life with you know whatever role it is you have to figure out like you know who the character is and like what you know what they're going to be and who they are correct sounds like you know a little bit about acting my friend I, a little bit um i you know here and there but you know good, yeah good. 
<laughs> uh, I do got uh, just a few more things as we're wrapping up this interview. Yeah. I know you, you've kind of touched on, you know, what's coming up for, you know, the rest of 2023 and early 2024, but anything else like, you know, in the works for the fall or early 2024? Uh, the other, the other uh, event I can tell people they want to come visit me is uh, it's um, at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, the PhantasmaCon. Uh, it's the, the Warrens, the, 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 the freaking dolls going to be there from, uh, from, uh, uh, Annabelle. Yeah. The real Annabelle is going to be, I keep saying if I knew Annabelle was going to be there, I might not have signed on, man. I'm, I'm like, keep that in another room, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep that in another building entirely. Yeah, man, that's got, that thing's got some juju. I don't want anything to do with that. So, uh, so what's the date on that one? Oh, the date is, let me click back on. It's, uh, uh, Oct uh Saturday, October 28th. At the Mohegan Sun, which is a casino, I think it's in Connecticut, and it's the Warren Seekers of the Supernatural Phantasm Con. Nice. Well, so, yeah. So I'm not doing that many shows this year because, uh, because of course next year is the big dog. So that's where we're going to be hitting the big shows. And and honestly, I keep telling people that's going to be my last. That's gonna be my last run. I've been doing the conventions for about 15 years. Uh, I think I'm cooked. I think I'm I'm ready. To to take a break maybe 45th anniversary i'll come back or something but uh i've been doing it a long time it's been good i don't, I don't you know hey it's helped it's helped I, I always tell people if you here's the job description sit at a table people come up excited to meet you and then pay you your money to sign your name on things what person in the world looking for a job would not take that job that's the best job you could ever find uh, uh, you know, there are people that do these cons and you can tell are not happy to be there. I'm like, go lay bricks for a living then, man. That's a real job. Go lay roofs in a hundred degree temperatures. That's a real job. This is, e this is as easy as it freaking gets. You should be happy and feel fortunate you're here. And, and, and so I, I feel fortunate, but I'm just getting older, getting tired of getting on planes and traveling, you know? And so I, I, I don't want to be one of those. I've seen these dudes at these conventions who are like, you know, 80 years old. and They're wheeling them in in a wheelchair. I just don't want to be that dude. So I think it's time to let's 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 end it on a high note for the 40th anniversary and uh, to call it a day. Yeah, no, no, definitely for sure. I, you got a great perspective uh, on that as well. But I do, I do hope you have a, a great time. You got some great events coming up. So anyone at that casino, I wouldn't be betting on anything if Annabelle's there. You know, I think you're gonna lose some money. <laughs> I think it's in a convention room separate to the guy. Okay, good. But yeah, who knows when Annabelle shows up, right? My, who knows what's gonna happen in this? Well, or you could win a bunch of money. I don't know. You That's never know, too, right? And that could be its own curse. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That all the lotto, right. all the bad things that have happened to lotto winners, man. <laughs> exactly. Oh, def. That's for sure. That's real. Yeah, that is real. Uh, so I don't. Before we get on that whole discussion, even though I, I will, that'll be a great discussion to have maybe next time because there you go with everything you know with going on with those lotto winners. But I do want to talk about so um, as we're closing out this interview, where are the best places to find uh, Courtney Gaines online? Oh, great! Yeah, so uh, Facebook, there's Courtney Gaines, you know, uh, page, and then Facebook, there's a Courtney Gaines, the Courtney Gaines group for the band. And then you can also find Courtney Gaines uh, on Instagram. I'm not good with all that, like official this and official that. Just look on there. You'll know it's my, my stuff I'm posting. It could, nobody else could be posting that stuff. You know what I mean? It's not something you can get off of uh, off of Google or something. So, 
Uh, but yeah, those are the three socials. That's about as that's about as much as I can possibly handle. Uh, <laughs> as no. as you know, I made a movie about anti technology. This you know, doing this is high level for me. That the streaming thing worked and we're talking is like amazing to me. <laughs> no, I, I got you for sure. Uh, but I will leave some links for Courtney Gaines in the description. Um, so you. is the uh, album available for pre-order? Um, I don't know if it is. Uh, that's a oh, good no. question. I'm going to talk to the guy tomorrow. I'll find out. I say yes. It's, I just say it's not up yet. That's what I would say. Okay. Um, well, we're just finishing the artwork, so we're just we're rolling along right now. But um, again, yeah, Fake Fang Records is where you want to go to to get this 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 thing, this <laughs> safe haven thing. That's right. I will leave a link for Fake Fangs in the description as well. Thank Make you. sure to keep an eye out for that because uh, I'm definitely snagging a CD. I can tell you that oh, right now. Thank you very much. Good. <laughs> good, good, good. I appreciate the support. Of course, of course. Courtney, again, I've had such a great time chatting with you. Thank you so much for hanging out with me here on the Super Cool Radio. Super cool. That's right. For Courtney Gaines, I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty. <laughs> Ah, there you go. <laughs>